I'm Coach Thomas Scott, and if you're listening or watching this podcast, it means one thing. You want to learn how to get buckets from the best in the world. This is the Hoopers Podcast. This is Buckets and Breakdown. Coach Thomas Scott here. We're here with Buckets and Breakdowns, presented to you by Ball is Life. I'm here with the slam dunk champion, three-time slam dunk champion, Hard Over Hype, your fan favorite, Mr. Nate Robinson. What's good, bro? First episode, hey, it's an honor. I yes, really appreciate sir. that. That's free yes, fire, bro. Man, I appreciate you coming down. Episode anytime, anytime. It means a lot to me. Um, you know, I got a lot of questions. You know, first off, I want to start out by how old were you when you realized you were getting buckets? Man, I, I was getting buckets at a young age, man. Uh, my first sport I played was, I ran track, so I was always fast. Mm-hmm. I was quick. My dad always had me doing something, running, jumping, catching. Uh, so for me, when he gave me a basketball, uh, I was already playing football and I was already running track. When I got the basketball, it was just like, my dad was like, put the ball in the basket. That's the name of the game. So he taught me that early. And once I got on the court, he was like, if you steal the ball from the cat, just dribbling, you don't got to pass it to nobody. So I was like, once I understood that, I was like, all right, cool. So I just know that ball's mine. <laughs> I'm trying to score and I'm trying to score. So once I figured that out, it just made the game easier. And then, you know, as time goes on, uh, you know, you learn the game, you learn teammates, you learn spacing and, you know, you learn, you know, two or three guys guard and you pass it and kick it and try to figure it out. But other than that, it came, you know, buckets came early and it came often. And that was something that I just was attracted to is getting yeah, buckets. For sure. I mean, that's why we love you. You know, you always played hard. But I also want to talk about like that foundation where that came from, because like Seattle, as we know, it's a lot of hoopers out of there, man. Everybody that came through Seattle, in my opinion, got buckets. I mean, yeah. You know, Brandon Roy, Jamal Crawford, it was your high school teammate. Facts. I want to talk to you about because I know those practices were crazy. Oh, man, yeah, I got good stories on Jamal. Before practice, I know after practice, the ones were going crazy. Yeah. So, like, let's just start there. Rainer Beach High School, man. So, so like, you know, like, a lot of players came through there. Uh, Let's talk about Jamal Crawford, man. Like, when you guys played together in high school, what was that like? Uh, Well, I saw Jamal his junior year. Uh, I was in eighth grade. And I used to go to the games. You know, I, I live right, you know, in the neighborhood. And I would, you know, go to the games. I was like the ball boy. You know what I'm saying? I was, I started off early, young. And I used to see him play and do like N1 mixtape. Crazy handles, dimes, no look, dribble backwards between the legs, turn around, shoot, right. not look out. I was like, man, I'm going to this school. I'm going, I'm going I want to play with him. I want to hoop with him. So uh, when I attended Rainer Beach my freshman year, man, uh, I just I tried to soak up all the game and you know Maul laid the foundation down. He was he was the he was the pinnacle. He was the guy that everybody wanted to be like and you know everybody came to see. Right. So I was like, shit, he doing something right. So let me figure out what that is. And every day in practice as my freshman year, I guarded him every day full okay. court and I got on his nerves, you know what I'm saying, fouling him, holding him, tripping him like and I studied his game and I just watched him and I just watched how you know, cool. He was dribbling and doing moves, and he had he played fearless. He didn't care, and I was like, man, that like that has to feel unbelievable to step on the court and knowing that you're unstoppable. Nobody can stop you. You can do whatever you want, and I just wanted that feeling. And you know, going to beach, you know, Coach Mike, all he asked was guys to come in, play hard, and you know, give it your all. And you know, Maul was the show, and to be a part of the show, 
And, you know, you kind of pick up tendencies and some of the things that he do and you watch and you study, and you learn. And I just wanted to soak up all the game I could from him. And I did that my freshman year. And then I haven't looked back ever since. Man, I, I feel that, man. And, you know, I remember that era. I wish we had social media back then. Man, that would have been crazy. <laughs> that would have been crazy. We would hear a lot about it. You know, you went up against some guys in, in my neighborhood and, and where I'm from, you know, Inglewood, California. You had some big games against Inglewood High School. Yeah. You know, D'Angelo Collins, all those guys back in the day. But uh, I want to talk about also with Rainer Beach, what you guys put together there. It seemed like it was a lot of hoopers that followed y'all. Do you guys feel like or do you feel like you guys laid the foundation for a lot more guys that got buckets out of Seattle? Like, who came after you? So before me, before me and Maul, it was Doug Christie. Uh -huh. Doug Christie came to Rainer Beach, won state championship. He was the one that started the whole thing. He started the state championship, the whole movement in 89, 90. He won a state championship. Then Maul won a state championship. Everybody started winning a state championship their senior years. Mm -hmm. Like, Maul won one, and I won one. Then the, they had uh, Terrence Williams won yeah, three. He won like Terrence Williams won two, three. Then yeah, then you had uh after that you had DeJounte Murray won three. Kevin Porter won three. Like it just kept cut, you know, guys just kept winning. And then our program just it just started taking off. And we was, you know, always the school, us and Garfield, where Brandon Roy went to high school, Jason Terry went to Franklin or Aaron Brooks, like those guys won state championship right. as well. So everybody were, you know, every different year it was somebody else winning the state championship at some at some point. And the game just elevated in Washington, man. Like in right. Seattle, we just really it took like we everybody started taking notice and we was on the map and then we started going to AAU and people started seeing, you know, the guys coming from Seattle. And I don't know, it's just now it's like now people open their eyes. You got guys like Zach Levine, uh you got uh, Isaiah Thomas from, you know, Washington, Rodney right. Stuckey, right. you know, so many different guys, Aaron Brooks, and so many different bucket guys that getters. bucket getters that just hooped and loved the game. And it, it just, it just be, it just, everybody start opening their eyes and start seeing what we, you know, what we have started to accomplish. So look, man, you know, we come from the park era. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, we come from the park era. You go to the park, you gain your respect. What park were you playing at? in Seattle and, and you named all these guys. How many of these guys was coming in there or, you know, how did you get your name at the park? Uh, man, it was, well, I had me and my, a lot of me and my homies in Seattle it rained a lot. So we would go to a park in the summertime, but mostly during the, the year, it rained so much, we was in the gym. So we would yeah, go. in the gym. Yeah, so we were in the gym. We we're in the gym. Too. I was in the gym. Like, yeah. Park, so we, door. so ours is like, <laughs> ours is called South Shore. South Shore was like the main, Gym where everybody started where they you know where the game Rainier Community Center. Uh, we went to Green Lake. Green Lake is a is an outdoor court and indoor where guys would go hoop or go inside. After that, we'll go outside. Like we just go back and forth. But guys will come in like you know guys like Jerry Payton, Sean Kemp will come to mm. will come to the runs and hoop with us and we'll hoop with them. Really? Yeah, it was like real like Michael Dickerson. I mean, oh he was tough. He he was one of the hardest to guard. He was he was a monster. He made it to the league. He was from Seattle too and. It was just, you know, so many different guys would come pull up and you'll come in the gym and this boo cool guys hooping. And it's like, oh man, we're here all night too. Like we'll start now, nine in 12, one in the morning and straight hoop. And then we'll, you know, one-on-ones and guys will do ones, we'll be dunking and we'll just try. And, and it, it became a thing every, every, every weekend, every Friday, Saturday night, we call it a late night program. It was called late night. And we would go to late night after high school games, we're going straight to late night, Friday still nights, hoop. still hoop some more. So after varsity games, we'll get done playing. We're going to late night, 
And then, you know, at late night, the community center, they'll feed us, they have food. You know what I'm saying? You can play video games, you'll play, you know, pool, ping pong, and all the fun stuff at the community centers. And uh, at night, they would have a bus, like a metro bus or whatever, that would take everybody home. They oh. drop you off in front of your house, no make sure, no excuse. So my mom was like, and that was perfect. You know, she worked three, four jobs. It was like, I know where my kids are at. They're at, you know, late night program. And they know we up there in the gyms, they were safe, you know what I'm saying, away from all the riffraff. And we just, you know, we just we just hooped. Man, so I know there were a lot of things that you had to figure out with your, your size, yeah, you know, but you had the athleticism, the quickness. So I say that to say, what was like your first go-to move you had to figure out? Uh, for me, it was just, how do I get my shot off against taller guys? Because I was quick enough to get by them. It was like my dad just was like, bro, we got to get you a jump shot and you got to figure out how to get to your shot from point A to point B, you know, and uh, you're going to be a smaller guy. So my dad, you know, he taught me the jump shot, not the set shot or push shot. Like he countless hours was just focusing on my jump shot. And once I mastered it and just over practice over time, you know, I think my sophomore year is when I started to really develop a jump shot and really could score at will. And once I got that, I was like, man, I'm already dunking. I'm like, I'm already athletic. I'm like, man, I get a jump shot. It just completes my game. And uh, I just worked on that my, on my craft. It just, you know, working on fadeaways. And, like, and guys like Iverson, like oh, yeah. I, I just captivated and I just gravitated to him in his game because he was a little guy and he can get a shot off against anybody. And I was like, damn, I, I got to learn that. Right. And I would just take bits and pieces from him and Steve Francis and like you said, Jamal, I seen Jamal Crawford every day and then I worked out with him in the summer. Like, and I would just, you know, pick these guys' brains and then, you know, guys in the hood, we would play against each other. And there's so many guys in the hood that they didn't make it, but they were hella good. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? They, they would come in and they would be balling on weekends and playing against us, you know, and they was like, man, I didn't make it because you know, I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the streets. But you know what I'm saying? We're going to make sure that, you know what I'm saying? We're going to make sure you, you, you don't follow this route. You go here. And then, you know, they would come and teach us the game and, you know, tell certain areas to stay away from. And, uh, you know, they, they led us down the right path, man. They're keeping us out, you know, out the riffraff. You know, it's like, man, you got a chance. You know, I never had a chance. So uh, they really put us on game. That's what's up, man. So, you know, you mentioned Allen Iverson, Steve Francis. Like, those are guys, even me, like, I had the cornrows. I know you had the cornrows. Facts. I had the sleeve, like, Iverson. Oh, that was a, they wouldn't let us wear the sleeve in my school. But mine's, mine was a sock, <laughs> low-key. I had a, I took a long sock I used to wear, like Jason Terry, because, you know, back in the day, we used to be, like, you know, the older guy. Jason Terry used to wear high socks. Right, right, right. So I remember the high socks I used to have, and I cut a hole in them, and I put it on my arm, and I taped it like football. I taped it on my arm, <laughs> and I had a little stinky little sock. I thought I was Iverson. For the month. Yep, and then one of my homies, in high school, one of my homies' grandma was sewing and she could make stuff. And I asked her, I showed her a picture of Iverson sleeve and I was like, can you make me one of these? And she made me like three, four of them. She made me a white, orange, blue, and like a mixture of one, and a black one. She made me a black one and I had it and, I, and, I, brought that, and I brought that to high school and I wore it in the game. And people was like, oh, where'd you get the sleeve from? They're asking, I'm like, man, right. I was like, man, Grandma Jackson made it for me. Ah. So she made it and I was, bro, I felt like I was on top of the world. I swear, I was like, right. man, I wore the, the, the wristband on the elbow like Iris right. did, had the cornrows. Right. You can't tell me nothing. The only thing different, I just wore number two. Two was my favorite number and, you know, two. he was three. So two was like my, my number because of Deion Sanders. I love, I love primetime. Primetime was my, was my guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So, um, so what would you say you stole, right? Like as, as Hoopers, we watching NBA on NBC, whatever. Like you seen somebody do something and it was like, oh, I got to put that in my bag. Man. Uh, 
for sure, Jamal, Jamal, I stole so many moves from Jamal just watching his game because when you be around him so much, like you sitting to try to do like some of the moves that he do, he has so much handles. Oh. And like Maul used to always, every time we move, hezi, like I just love, like something about Seattle we do is hesitation. We all, everybody in our game, they got the hezi. Sure. They got a little miss, you know, direction or a hesitation type dribble. Right. And I fell in love with the hezi because when you can shoot, the hezi works the best. So I was like, man, I get a jump shot, hezi, then I can get to the basket and start dunking on people. So that's what I, like that was my thing, to get the hezi, to get them jumped so I can go to the lane and start leaning. So I added that to my game and then just, learning how to move without the ball, crossing over like Iverson, you know, dunking on people like Steve Francis, Baron Davis, his little hesitation, you know, behind the back, BDs, so many different guys, man. Yeah, so, you know what I'm saying, Work, working on the behind the backs of hezzies and crossovers and hop steps, like I was trying to do everything that all these guys were doing. And then you see guys like Baron Davis do the fake behind the back to himself, like you start, oh, I'm going to add that to my game. You know, right. you start picking up tendencies and taking bits and pieces and adding them to your, you know, your basketball belt. And I just was trying to that add makes, it to my bag. That makes Nate Robinson. Yeah, and I just try to add to my bag. And then, oh, my, what, what, whatever my creativity is, I try to bring it out when I played. And I just played with passion and love. Oh, and know. I just like to have fun. And then if I was like, man, if I'm having fun, I'm doing stuff, I'm going to try some, you know, off the glass, throw it between somebody's legs. Like, I just, just went with the feeling. And half the time it worked. You know, right. sometimes it, you know, it didn't work, but I was like, all right, that didn't work. I'm trying again. And right. just keep trying to try until I perfect it. And a lot of things I try to perfect. And my game was, you know, what it was. I just had fun. Man, and since you say having fun, right? Like, I think that's why we love you, your fan favorite. You know what I mean? Because you play with that passion. Even though this show was called Buckets and Breakdowns, you played defense, you got up into people, you were a pest and then you were still able to create on the offensive end. So I'm going to stick in Seattle real quick because the summer pro runs, I mean, they're legendary. In L.A., we got the Drew Lee. Yeah, man, I couldn't wait to play in the Drew when I got out there, bro. Right. That, was, that was lit. It was like, you know, playing at Rucker Park. You know, when you get to the league, right. you want to play and showcase your game for everybody to see because not too many people can watch you play when you're somewhere else. You know right. what I'm saying? Tickets ain't, ain't cheap. Bro. Yeah, facts. So when you come to those games, they come and show real love. You get the loving from the hood and from the people that don't get to really sure. watch you play. So And that's what I like, man. So, like, a guy like you, when you come to the Drew or, the, or, or uh, Jamal Crawford's runs, or uh, the Seattle Pro-Am and stuff like that. Like, it's like, you know, like, okay, these are my people. I know they can't get to Chicago. So you gotta give them a show. Yeah, I gotta put on a show. And man, you did some stuff in, in, in the Seattle Pro Run that was so crazy, man. Like, we're gonna have to get on the court and actually break it down. <laughs> like, how, how, what makes you feel so free? And how important is just feeling free and being yourself? Uh, in the game within the lines. Man, honestly, man, just trying something that nobody will ever try, bro, and not being afraid to fail when you do it and trying it over and over again until you till you get it. Because right. when you finally succeed in doing something, when you try over and over, it's just a, uh, a great feeling, you know, when you accomplish something, you know what I'm saying, over, over time. But for me, when I step between the lines, man, I'm like, man, I just, I, I want to leave, you know, the people watching, the fans, like, wow, like, that was, like, magical. Like, how'd you do that? Like, like it's magic. Like, I'm, you know, like, uh, like I'm doing magic. So, for me, I just want to leave them happy. I want to leave them, like, in awe, like, kids and parents. Like, wow, who's that little guy? You know, I want them to, oh, we got to go watch him play. Go look him up. Or, you know what I'm saying? I want them to always come back for more to play basketball so they can, oh, man, I want to do that like him. You know what I'm saying? So, that's something that, you know, when I step between lines, I just lose myself within the game. And then I just, you know, I just have fun. I just want to try 
things that are, right, I've been doing this move, practicing it, let me try it in the game, see if That's it works. That's the key right there. Like, when I see, you know, you do some of the things that you do, you know, as a player development guy, and a baller, coach, whatever, I know that there's a lot of repetition. That's yeah, you got to try it before. You can't just go in the game and yeah, try something you never practiced before. And so I appreciate because that's <laughs> like, yo, this dude is in the gym. Yeah. Like, he's working. Like, he's spending more time after practice, before practice, mastered the fundamentals. Okay, now I can get into this move right here, right, where I can hezzy a certain way, snatch, spin, do all these little things that you've been doing throughout your career because you you a gym rat. Yeah. Right. So Jamal Crawford, Jamal Crawford told me something I'll never forget when I was young. And he was like, bro, you don't need a gym to practice your handles and your game. You can you can dribble and practice your move without a ball just in your mind, just by yourself, just practicing moves over and over. And you just see it and you see it and you see it. You know what I'm saying? You see it and you see it over and over. It'll become first, second nature. And you know, somebody come by, you just cross them. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't even oh cross right? heads. Like if you practice your moves, move, you roll through. Man, like, I'm telling you, man, you can practice your moves in your mind, bro, and then you bring it to real life on the practice court in the game. And then when you get that ball, it's like, man, I, I didn't see this move in my mind so many times. Let me try it. And you do it and you do it, and then somebody's in front of you, and then you actually do it, and you get somebody with a move. It's like, man, that worked. That was pretty cool. And then you're like, you want more. So you'll keep staying in the gym. I'm a gym rat. So I just practice and just try. I just try different things, different, different, different moves, different shots, left hand, right hand, whatever. So when I'm in the game, it's not foreign. That's why when you see guys like Kyrie Irving doing unbelievable stuff, like you can tell he practices everything he does. For sure. Every time he goes to the basket, Euro step, he flicks it off the room. You can tell he shoots shots and just plays plays around off the backboard and shoots left, right hand. You can tell he puts work in. For sure. So for sure. So I mean you you spent some time with the Knicks, Bulls, Nuggets, yep. Warriors. I miss somebody. <laughs> man, I play everybody, yeah. man. <laughs> but but like <laughs> You know, where do you think you were most well-received as far as from the fans, like home games, right? Like, I love seeing you in New York, you know. Um, I used to play 2K back in the day. I called Dominate. You were the cheat code. <laughs> Start you at the point guard. You going through splitting screens. And you dunk it, man. That, all right, man. When I see myself in a video crazy. game, I was going, I was going, I was going like, this is, this is not real, bro. Like, you know, kid, you playing NBA Live and all the games, and then you're actually in 2K now. It's, it's like, crazy. it's crazy, so, but. So even when you talk about the sleeve earlier, you hit the game winner on Allen Iverson. Like, how was that, man? Like, how did that feel? Honestly, oh, man, just player. that day, I couldn't sleep that whole day, like the day before that night. <laughs> I couldn't sleep because I was so excited. Like, when it was like, oh, yeah, you're playing Iverson tomorrow, I was like, I went straight to the gym. I went back to watching all his moves. I'm like, I don't know all these moves. Like, there's, <laughs> I was like, there's no way he's coming and giving his buckets. He gave us, like, 47. And I was like, damn, I got to see it for firsthand in real life. Like, over time watching it on TV, seeing it on highlights, I'm like, and then seeing it in person for myself, I was like, bro, all right, this is, this is a real deal, bro. Like, like yeah, like like seeing it in person is like one thing, you know what I'm saying? Like right. TV one thing, but seeing it in person is like another. And I was like, I was in all of it. I was just like, man, I can't wait. And I'm, you know, I'm checking the channel, I'm picking my full court, bumping, you know, bumping. I'm like, man, I just, I, I wanted him to understand and respect the fact that, you know, I love this game, but I'm I'm here to kill you too. I'm here to, yeah, I'm not, yeah, facts. Like it's, it, you know, it is what it is. Like, but I'm a fan. But right now, man, I, like I've been hungry. I've been waiting for this opportunity, just you know, to show you what I got, cause I know, like, I know what you got. You don't know what I got yet, so I, I, I want that same respect. You had that advantage, basically. Yeah, to study him. He don't know anything really about my game like that. Like he probably know of me just by playing and being in the league. But you know, and then you know, in warm ups, you know, he was like, "What's up, little Nate?" Dap me up. I, I was like, as a kid, I, I, I could have fuck, I could have melted. 
I could have melted, just be like, oh, oh I could have died right there. Like, oh, I could what's, what's up, bro? Like, trying to keep it cool. But I was like, oh, my God, you touched my iris. They got me up. I was tripping out. I bugged out, bro. So, you know, then the game, I called my mom and my dad. Like, bro, I get to play against Irishman today. Like, the game, you know, go to shoot around, come home. I was just, I was so hyped. Fire. And when I'm in the game, you know, game goes on, first quarter. He got 24 points. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm looking at Marbury like, dog, you ain't gonna stop him? <laughs> nah, I'm, like, I'm like, hey, you ain't gonna stop AI, bro? All right, Bubba Chuck going crazy. So <laughs> coach goes, Nate, you in. You go get Marbury. You got Iverson. And all my teammates looked at me and was like, good luck. They hit me with the good luck. I was like, I'm out here. I can't wait. Took my, rip my pants off. I'm going in. I'm, I'm out here. And I, who, who would have just knew I was gonna hit a game winner over him was, I, I couldn't, you couldn't draw that up in the movie. You can, you can, you can. You can just write that up like that. And, you know, when the opportunity came, I had like 16 that game. But to hit that one shot, it changed everything for me, man. I was so excited. Like when I made the shot, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to run. I was like, I was so happy, bro. And then my little goofy butt after the game, I ran in the other locker room, the visiting locker room, and asked him for a sleeve. I was like, bro. I, <laughs> I was like, I don't even. And I was like, you know, it's like, you just hit a game winner over somebody. How you go asking for the sleeve? Right like, away. At, right away, bro. Let me get that, bro. Like, I'm, I'm like literally when I say big, one of your biggest fans for real, one of your biggest fans. I need that sleeve, like, and he took it off and gave it to me. I was like, I just like, <laughs> I got it. Like every so many kids want this sleeve in the world, I, and I and I had it. And I to got in my own Allen Iverson sleeve, and I wore. And like, after that, I wore it every game. You see, in the Knicks, I wore that every game, every single game. I wore. it. No, I wore that. I was like, it's magic in this. Like, he gave me this. I'm wearing it. I wore that for the longest, and then I have it. I have it at home. But I'm like, yeah, man, I'm, I'm, I'm rocking this. That's so fire. All season, I was rocking that for the longest, bro, for the longest. So, so obviously, at the game winner, I'm going to transition to whole lap, right? I got on the shorts right now. Yes, sir. You know what I'm saying? This is, this is my man Nate Robinson's brand, whole lap. You know, he got the Bulls color, so I want to talk about where whole lap came from. The name, yeah, that man. Whole, uh, motto right there. Joe Kim Noah started it all, man. He he kept yelling, hold that, hold that. Every time I was on all the Bulls in practice, every time he he would make a shot, and I was like, what what is that? He was like, yeah, hold that, man. Give you this bucket, and I was like, all oh, that. I was like, that's genius. I'm like, yeah, that is right. Yeah, hold it. I got you. So every time we would shoot. During the you know during practice or in the games with booze, every, we're all yelling hold that, and I was like, and in my head I was like, dang, how would you spell that? And I just thought, that's how it was spelled. Like hold instead like, of spelling hold that, it's like, it's like hold, one word. Hold that. Hold that. It's so like hold it's like that. Funny because booze when, when he was with the Lakers and I was you know assistant coach there, he would do it after every. Every but no but look on TV you can hear it loud. You know when the microphones are under the basket. Right. And every time somebody booze like hold that. Like, just a whole ass of bustle. We just, you know, we just ran with the whole movement. And I was like, Joe Kim, I'm about to use that as like a brand. We got we to make t-shirts or something. And then it took over a couple years of just, you know, designing different things and coming up with I was like, man, I'm going to just make shorts like the Bulls and different teams that I played on it with the whole dad and just, you know, just try to bring it to life. And then I, I found somebody to sketch a, you know, the whole dad logo itself right. on the side. Yeah. And then it, it's, yeah, I got it. Look, I got it tatted on me. So it's on me forever. <laughs> it's part of me forever. But yeah, man, it just, it just came from Joe Kim Noah. You know, you know, blessing us with the one of the cool. I think one of the coolest words in the world when you're playing basketball, mm -hmm. and it's like, and then the, you know, it keeps you from cussing so much on the court. <laughs> and people are like your whole life. It's like you know, the right. ultimate, 
you know, respect respect my game, but I'm disrespecting you by hitting the bucket in your face. It's like, yeah, hold that. Yeah, it. hold these buckets. So, you know, we, we, we share ties with the big three, you know what I mean? And um, you had one of the, the best game winners, right? With Big Baby. In Miami, right? <laughs> Your boy Big Baby from the Celtics, right? Yeah. Like, man, that game was so crazy to me because I'm sitting right under the basket, right? Uh, just break that whole down, how that, how that happened because I'm like, oh, there's no way that's going in. And I'm sitting in the perfect angle and I can see, oh, he's about to go glass. Yeah, so that day, you know, we we came back. We came back, we were down like six towards the, the down the stretch. You know, big three, you go to 50 is the game. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we're you know we're, we're coming back and at the end of the game, and it, well, first, I you know, for me, it was a big moment because my daughter got I actually opportunity to really watch me in my element and play the game that I love. You know, when I was in the league, she was very, very young, so she really doesn't remember. And that was the day when she came with me on that trip, and she got to sit courtside, and I was like, man, like I wanna, you know, I wanna have a good game. I'm out there, like you know, make sure she's dabbing them, like we're hooping. Like I want her to see me in my element. So it was a big, it was a big three that day, and the game hit the game winner in front of my daughter, so she could see you know, the 20,000 people that was in the stands and everybody, like, it was a crazy atmosphere. So, so to to that move, I was dribbling and, you know, Big Baby, you know, he takes a challenge. Like, Big Baby's like, I'm gonna sit down, you know what I'm saying? Like, he goes for the ball and the ball hits my leg. He tried to get it and I, you know, picked the ball up and I ran and I seen that he was running to him. I was like, man, just stop and pull up. Because, you know, like, co coach always say, big guys don't got breaks. They're like trains with no brakes. So I was like, you know what, man? I just pulled up, put up three for the game. And I was like, man, we needed three points to win it. I was like, man, let me just pull up. Right. And when I pulled up, Big Baby ran into me. And when I shot it, he caught me. Right. And, you know, That's Big Baby's strong. Yeah. And I was like, man, he could have just tackled me, but he picked me up and held, you know, and held me up. Crazy. And I made it. And it was like, I just, uh, it was, it was, it was lit. It was pretty cool, man. And, for guys like, you know, D. Wade, a different NBA player said that's one of the coolest game winners they've ever seen in, in, in basketball history was pretty cool. Yeah. So I mean, I was there, it's pretty man. sweet. It was electric. Uh, it was crazy. The build up, the game point of big game yeah, that was, was crazy. It's always fun. And, and, and so, like, when you did that, man, I was just like, oh, my God, like, I can't believe this even happened. Right? Because even the night before, we went and got, what, Whataburger? Yeah, Whataburger. <laughs> got some little apple pies. Yeah. <laughs> next, day, next day. Yeah, that was, that was lit. So, uh, all right, I'm gonna do a quick questions real quick. You just let me know. Yeah. So being as this is buckets and breakdowns, we're gonna talk about a couple buckets, ways to get buckets, and you tell me which ones you prefer. Yep. All right. Side step or step back? Uh, I'm a step back guy. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, side steps for James Harden. And that's you know that's just kind of his move. So okay. I I try to do the old school. You know, step back, get get the separation. Okay. So tween the tween snatch. Or the Allen Iverson crossover. That's, that's difficult because AI is so so tough with the crossover. But for me and my how my moves, I was definitely go with the snatch. Mm, okay, two of the most iconic go-to moves of all time: Scott hook or fadeaway. Fadeaway, fadeaway, MJ all day. Like easy. Yeah, easy. It wasn't even for me. I mean, I'm not I'm not jump hooking nothing at five <laughs> nine. I jump hook. I'm not, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even touch the, the rim. <laughs> I also I'm sky hook over the backboard. <laughs> so I definitely gotta go with the fadeaway. I can do fadeaway. So so even you, right? You 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 can get up, you can dunk, right? But sometimes you're just not gonna get above the rim, right? Euro step or floater? Floater. I mean, for me, because sometimes I travel with the Euro step, man. Because <laughs> some guys don't always react from the Euro step, so it makes you kind of travel if they if you don't get the move. It's like oh oh like oh you mess you mess me up. 
So for me, I'm definitely with the floater. Floaters is it's just a, a easier, you know what I'm saying? It's not too much work. It's just, you know, it's just touch. Okay. It's just touch. Last last question. What was your favorite play that was called for you? In a game? Yeah, like any any play, like if they call this play, I'm about to score. Oh man, uh when I was in the Bulls, we we said the card we used to call this play. It was called uh it was called point. And point was you hit the elbow and then I get to go to the corner. I get to either go to the corner and set a screen and come off for a shot. And I get to choose which way I want to go. And Ray Allen used to run it a lot too. He's a point. It's called point. But you hit and come off and it's your shot to shoot every time. So I was like, point. I was trying to call point every time. <laughs> hey, coach. <laughs> That's why they had you at the, at the Point, point. Please call point right now. Cause I know I'm just I'm it's my turn to shoot every time. Nice, nice, yeah. Nice. Heck yeah. Hey, I'm here with my boy, man. This is my boy, Nate. Buckets and Breakdown, episode, episode one. And it's a wrap. Let's go.